Oh, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 22, and in this episode, we will be talking about uh, uh, no goal, uh, goals getting called back, and 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 the Coyotes and and the Kraken. We're going to talk about them. The St. Louis Blues. How have they done? And of course, we're going to be talking about the Flames. We're going to be talking about the Leafs and some other news around the NHL. So let's get the fuck into it. But before we get the fuck into it, I need to have a rant. I'm angry. You want to know something that I hate almost more than anything in the world? Snow. I fucking hate snow with a just a psychopathic passion, okay? So tonight we got our nice big first dump of that fucking white shit. And, oh, dude, I swear, every fucking year it gets, it comes sooner and sooner. We, like, I swear, but next year it's come, we're going to get snowed on in the middle of August because it's fucking Canada. I hate this stupid country. I hate that our winters are fucking nine months long and they just never fucking end. It's going to go all the way through to goddamn April probably and we're already starting the shit with November and we're having, we had a blizzard. It's a fucking nightmare out there, dude. It took me almost three times as long to get home from work. It's a 10 minute drive. It took me damn near 30 minutes to get home. I couldn't go over 40 kilometers per hour or I would spin the fuck out in my shitty goddamn Hyundai. Oh, I miss the days when I had my Dodge Dakota fucking rear wheel drive, man. Oh my God. I used to deliver pizzas and my buddy and I, well, we both delivered pizzas and me and him would be out there in the winters, man, when we're delivering at like midnight hour and we'd be downtown just fucking ripping donuts around corners and shit. It'd basically just be me and him on the roads. It was amazing. And now when, now you got, I got a front wheel, uh, drive vehicle and those things fucking suck ass to drive in the winter because all they ever want to do is just go straight they just like at least in my dakota man that thing would do donuts i could fucking spin that thing drift that thing like crazy it just took a while to get used to it but with a front wheel drive car like if it slides you got nothing there's nothing you could do except let the car just fucking do its thing and it'll just slide and slide and slide it's ridiculous it makes me so angry and on my way home, like my house is kind of on like a hill and I slid down this whole, I slid down the whole fucking hill, missed my house by like 15 houses, tried to do a don't, a fucking U-turn, got stuck on the U-turn. So yeah, I'm a little goddamn cheesed off right now and I'm a little bit hoping that recording this podcast after work is going to make it a little bit better. Not gonna lie, I was going to not do it after work because I was a little fuck pissed off, but um, hopefully uh, I feel a little bit better now already, but there you go. What do you guys think of snow? Do you love it or hate it? I hate snow so fucking much. God, I hate snow so much, dude. It doesn't even... It's just beginning. It's just beginning. Okay, all right. Now that the rant's over, let's get into the NHL news around this week. So let's talk about some injuries off the bat. Columbus Blue Jackets, bro. Their season just keeps getting worse. Zach Wierenski out for the rest of the season. Goodness gracious. Well, they're going for Bedard. That's it. That's that's all they wrote for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're Dunyan rings. Fucking Merzlikens can't stop anything. Corpusalo's trying, but he's just... Come on, dude. Like, oh, how many more, like, how many years has it been when we've been waiting for Corpusalo to, like, do the thing and become a really good goaltender? And I don't know if that day's ever going to come. But, um, yeah, dude, really, really upset with uh, Merzlikens. Elvis, my boy, like, I had him last year. He he was doing pretty good. And I was, I was expecting a major bounce back season. Like, he was going to really fucking become one of the more, maybe a top five, top ten goaltender in the league, and nope, oh my goodness, did I ever pick him this year, man, I picked Thatcher, Demko, and fucking, 
Elvis Merzlikens, what a disaster. Yes, I am in 16th place in my ya- in my Yahoo Fantasy. Out of 16 teams, I fucking suck. Oh, boy, I am just not having a good week. Hopefully everyone else is having a good week. You know who's not having a good week? The Columbus Blue Jackets. More injuries. How about this one? Here, take this. Patrick Line, a three to four week sprained ankle. Suck a dick. Fucking Columbus. Okay, oh, that's not fair. That's not nice to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't have any beef. It's just the snow, okay? Do you guys have snow in Columbus? Then fuck Columbus. If it's got snow, fuck Columbus. I want to go somewhere where there's never a fucking inch of snow. Never. Ever. God damn I hate snow okay so yeah Patrick Laine out again and just another disappointing season in the Columbus Blue Jackets Patrick Laine they were really hoping for a lot of people were expecting 40-50 goals I was one of them I drafted him another terrible fucking pick for me Patrick Laine cannot stay healthy I think he's played what seven minutes this year and uh, but no he's I think he's played like four or five games hasn't really done a whole lot in those games he scored a goal and an assist or whatever when he went to Finland that was a guarantee that he was going to score at least one goal over there in Finland because he always lights it up when he goes over there to Finland but they had him going up against the the Colorado Avalanche in two games like what the hell is that that's like the most uncompelling hockey they could have had going over there like really the Columbus Blue Jackets that's who you're sending over there no offense Columbus Blue Jackets but I mean come on like I hope you guys would admit it yourselves it's like yeah we're a pretty shitty boring team for our whole existence except for that one year where you guys beat Tampa in the first round that was hilarious and I absolutely love that so much especially when Panarin was like laughing at Kucherov in the in the handshake lineup and he was not impressed about it but um yeah that's good shit so uh yeah columbus blue jackets uh hopefully they're gonna be getting bedard or mishkov or the other guy because oh man it's getting bad in columbus and they, they were already off to a bad start so yeah the big problem with columbus was they don't have they didn't have a center there's no center in there their goaltending was terrible this season so far i'm i'm talking like it's the end of the year for them well it basically is they're done but yeah, just a really fucking disappointing season for Columbus. I had there were some people out there that had him making playoffs. I don't think I did, but I definitely didn't have him like bottom of the barrel. Just terrible team, but goddamn. Speaking of injuries, Toronto Maple Leafs have some really bad injury news coming out this week, man. We got Jake Muzzin. He is out indefinitely with a cervical spinal in- spinal injury. He is to be reevaluated in late February. So, oh my God, dude. Again, I believe we talked about this last week with the whole, man, we should have ditched Muzzin when we had the chance. But Kyle Dubas, we all know the thing. Say the line, Bart. He loves his guys. So, not gonna he was never gonna let go of Jake Muzzin because you know if if you block one shot for Kyle Dubas he will die for you he will do anything in his power to make your life as comfortable as possible he'll he he will fall in love with you he'll come over he'll cook you dinner he'll take your kids to school he'll go do your groceries he'll pay your taxes all that great stuff just block one shot for me or play for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and he will love you for the rest of your life but in all seriousness, though, this is a very not good situation for Jake Muzzin. This could very well be the end of his career for, I don't I don't know if that's that's the case, but it really does not look good over the last two years. When's the last time Jake Muzzin's played like a consistent month of hockey, not injured? I can't recall. And um, yeah, dude, this was uh, the known thing when we traded for him, that he had hard miles on him and this day was going to come. And when he fucking re-upped Muzzin that made zero sense to to me at least like yeah he's a great dude and everything and we loved him he, he did 
play and do a major thing while he was here, but the injuries, man, like there was just, that's just a huge red flag. Like he can't stay in the lineup. He hasn't been able to stay into the lineup consistently for two years now. And um, yeah, we could have used that money somewhere else. Thankfully, I mean, not thank- thankfully, but the Leafs can are going to put him on uh, LTIR, I'd imagine. And uh, we can get a little bit of cap space help out of that. So hopefully there is a move on the way for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I've been saying this for years now. I know I don't have a podcast to uh, prove that, but I have. They said it on the Steve Dangle podcast, so I'm just gonna say that they said it. I I was I've been on this train long before for the Leafs to go out and acquire Luke Shen. Why? Why have we not brought Luke Shen back yet? What the hell? What the hell are we doing? Is he not a right-handed shot defenseman? Checkmark. Is he not a big brooding? Hard to play against, hitting, smack you in front of the net defenseman. Checkmark. That's what he does. He's cheap. Checkmark. Does he not have two years on his deal? Checkmark. I don't know about that one. He might only have the one year, but still, he's cheap. He could, he threw fucking 12 hits against the Leafs when we played him. Like, what the fuck, dude? He gets, he gets in fights. Like, he's seriously the kind of defenseman that we could really use right now as like a... a uh, top six seventh defenseman that would be amazing i would love to have him in there uh i would love the leafs to explore a option with a luke shen trade because i don't know he seems frustrated in vancouver along with everybody else in that who lives in and around vancouver everyone's just frustrated over there right now but um and vancouver's just terrible so why not make a deal it'd be a fairly small deal i don't know it, it really wouldn't it couldn't take all that much to pry away luke shin from the canucks maybe a late round pick or like just some sort of roster player maybe we send them a someone i don't know but i i really want luke shin back for the toronto maple Leafs, man i liked luke shin when he was here yeah i know he was a whipping boy and he didn't really become the next scott stevens that everyone thought he was going to be but that was a little outrageous to be just thinking he was going to be the next Scott Stevens, but I liked Luke Shen, man, and I was sad to see him go the day he got traded, but we got JVR back, so that was fucking tight, that was such a sweet-ass deal, but uh, seriously, I want Luke Shen to be a Toronto Maple Leaf again, that would be so good, what do you guys think, do you think that would be a disaster, he'd probably just be a very bad version of himself if he came back to Toronto, and, uh, but I, I think it'd be a really good fit. I think it would be a, an option that they could explore. And maybe we see Luke Shen come back. I would really fucking like that. And we are not done, of course, with the injury news. TJ Brody also added to the injury reserve uh, week to week by the looks of it. He's got an oblique injury similar to the one <coughs> Captain Johnny T had earlier this season. So he can recover pretty quickly he may even be able to get back into the lineup quicker than than they're expecting but regardless we just were down two of our top four defensemen technically a top two defenseman brody usually plays with morgan riley and um yeah so the leafs are in a little bit of defensive trouble they always seem to be even when we're fully healthy the team doesn't really seem to be defensively playing the way that on paper that defensive core looks pretty tasty but when you watch it on the ice you're like mm, not not quite as good but uh, yeah, down sand or uh, down TJ Brody, which means what? Well, they've been playing Jordy Ben up on the top pair with Morgan Riley. We're gonna talk about Jordy Ben in a little bit. And then uh, they got Hall in there, Lilligren, Sandine, Geo, Morgan Riley, Jordy Ben. So again, it's not the worst. You have like Geo. Thank God we got Giordano, man. Oh my goodness, what would we do without you, Geo? Oh. But seriously, Leafs are 
quite possibly one more defensive injury away from having Martin Marinson, Marinchin back in the lineup. So that would be not ideal. So let's not have any more defensive injuries for the Toronto Maple Leafs for a little while. That would be great. Thank you. So uh, let's talk about let's talk about the Flames because the Flames finally I think are starting to put it together, y'all. And you want to know why? It's all because of me. I was watching that Winnipeg game. I was like, fuck, man, I got to I gotta watch this. I got to watch my Flames and see what the hell's going on. I threw on my Flames jersey for the first time this season. I know I probably should have worn it earlier. I just, the games are on so late, and I don't really want to, like, lay around on the couch with a jersey on. I, just, I don't know, man, but I threw it on for the Winnipeg game. It felt so good. It looks so good. And, um... They fucking won it, boys. They won that game. It was a little bit of a nail-biter, but they got it done. Beating Winnipeg, what was it, 3-2 to two they won? Yeah. And uh, Winnipeg's a really good team right now, and uh, they're buzzing, they're clicking, so that was a big win for the Flames right there. And then they came and had another victory this week. Uh, a a nail-biter, another nail-biter, and not the nicest-looking game right there. But they did take down the LA Kings, 6-5. to five. Uh, um, oh boy, yeah, I did not expect that score. I thought the I think when I checked the score, I was at work that night. I think they were up like what six to two or six to three or something. I'm like, oh yeah. I was like, oh, looks good, Markstrom. I think it was six to two because I was thinking I was like, oh, Markstrom's back. He's having a good game. And I was like, perfect. I just traded him away, so obviously he's gonna come back and get nine shutouts in the next twelve games. But uh, yeah, then he ended up kind of falling apart. The whole team fell apart. It got way too close for comfort. LA almost came back and almost could have gotten maybe stolen two points or at least gotten a point out of that. So I don't know if the Flames are technically out of the woods just yet after watching that one. It was very promising. The Winnipeg win. Looks like Mangiapane got a goal, so that's good. If he can get go, he's really got to get going, man. He has been ice fucking cold over there. Jonathan Huberto finally scored a goal. That's great to hear. He was dealing with a little bit of injury problems, came back, scored a goal, so that's really good to hear. He's really got to get, I think almost everybody except for like Kadri right now has really got to get into another gear. Maybe Toffoli. Toffoli's been doing pretty good over there himself. And in terms of defense and goaltending, I don't know what the hell's going on, man. Like, are the Flames missing Shillington really, really badly? Like, I know he's a really solid defenseman, but is is he, like, that missing piece? Where has he been? Like, I thought it was just a personal thing he was going through. Like, I, I don't really know what's going on with Shillington. They got... Um, Tanev back in the Winnipeg game, I believe it was, and uh, Calgary Flames fans will tell you how important Tanev is to that team. He's probably their best defensive defenseman, may even be their best defenseman on the team, arguably. They got a lot of, like, quality top four defensemen. I don't know if they have a bonafide top two over there. There's a lot of guys that are, like, pushing it, like Uyghur. Uh, I don't know, Hannafin, nah, not really. Uh, Shillington, no, but, uh, you know. Uh, just a lot of good defense over there. But then Markstrom just really hasn't had it going this year, man. Like, I don't know. He just does He looks a little frustrated. He looks a little out of it this season. Maybe the fact that that rough playoff run really got to him. He's playing in Canada now, so people are probably writing about him a lot more than he's used to in other places he's played. I don't know. He did. He was in Vancouver, so probably, and he did not play good for them. So there's probably a lot of mean articles written about him that he had to hear about. But I imagine uh, that, that offseason for him was a little tough because it felt like it was a lot of it rested on his shoulders, man. He really let the squad down in the playoffs. I mean, it's a team game, but regardless, I mean, Edmonton Oilers absolutely feasted on Markstrom in that playoff series. It wasn't even fucking close, which is a shame, but Calgary Flames fans, how are you feeling now? 
a little bit back on track now. Like I said, I don't feel 100% comfortable yet, especially after <laughs> that fucking that LA game was not not the best effort that I that I could see. But um, big win against uh, Winnipeg, so hopefully they got the momentum. Huberto's got a goal, so again, they got to get that top six going and uh, that that goaltending. They got to tighten that shit up a little bit more. Penalty kill, power play. I just think everything needs a little bit of a tightening. And again, huge offseason for the Flames. So there's a massive adjustment period that they're going to have to go through. Looks like they're fighting it a little bit, but starting to get on track here. So let's hope in another week or two, Flames start really starting to pick it up here so i would say if they if they fall falter this week then we might have a problem here and then maybe a trade will have to have to get someone in that top six or something maybe you fucking call shillington be like hey guy when are you coming back i don't know i'll just say and speaking of momentum the st louis blues have turned their season around they are now stanley cup contenders because the eight game losing streak is over they're now on a three-game winning streak, and they beat, they beat the, the defending Stanley Cup champions in an amazingly impressive victory. What was it? 3-2, I think they won. Let me see. I wrote this down. Huge win against Colorado, 3-2, and on top of that, bro. Okay, so Benner had a great game. Bennington had an excellent game. I think he made 46 sa- 40, 44 saves on 46 shots, something like that. So he had a, one of his best games he's ever had. And St. Louis, well, not only that, I think Ryan O'Reilly has scored. Jordan Kyrou scored in that game, so he's back. I think um, Thomas has scored as well. So it looks like those guys maybe are starting to come back to life a little bit. Tarasenko's still pretty quiet, and uh, Ryan O'Reilly also had a pretty, um, I don't know, it was just kind of a sad interview where uh, they were talking about, you know, the struggles that have been going on over the season. He was just like, he was very, very disappointed, obviously, and quite sad, down on himself. He was kind of beating himself up. He's, he's the captain of the Blues, and he was like, I was supposed to lead this team, and we're supposed to be doing a lot better. So maybe that got around the locker room. Guys heard that and just saw the the pure disappointment that was on Ryan O'Reilly's face. This could very well be his last season. So wouldn't want to go out on a whimper like that if this was his last season. You don't want to have a really bad year like that. They would like to have one more kick at the can for sure for Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, if he's going to be gone as well. But um, dude, what an impressive victory for the Blues over the Colorado Avalanche. At the end of that game, Colorado had the goaltender pulled and St. Louis took a penalty. So it was a six on four. St. Louis then took another penalty and over the glass, uh, puck over the glass penalty. It was a six on three. And that usually means guaranteed goal when it comes to the Colorado Avalanche. But nope, St. Louis Blues managed to shut that bitch down and they're on a three game winning streak. So there you go, St. Louis. What do you think? Are you, are you feeling a little bit better now over there? I also saw that Scott Darling just threw the darkest shade at St. Louis. He was on like a broadcast and he was like, it's the worst city ever. It's the worst place to play. And it was the number one place that I put on my no trade list. And the first comment I saw was like, who the fuck gave Scott Darling a no trade fucking clause? I was like, that's a sick burn. But um, yeah, well, I don't know what the hell that's about. I've never really, I haven't really heard a bad, a bad thing about the St. Louis Blues, but Interesting, interesting. I imagine Scott Darling is being hunted down right now by a group of Blues fans. So good luck to you, Darling. I was a little surprised that he said shit like that. I was like, oh boy, that's not going to go over well. But 
St. Louis, three-game winning streak now. Might even be more by the time you hear this. Who knows? Uh, looks like they're going to win the Stanley Cup because, oh, you know, they're down last place. Yeah, they uh. Let's can we just okay can we can we stop with that? It's a, like I think I said this last week. It's just it's a once in a, every hundred year kind of thing. Okay, it's it's not it's not gonna happen for a very probably won't see something like that happen again in our lifetimes. So there you go. There's that. But there you go, St. Louis. Congratulations, getting off the Schneid. We'll see how long it lasts. They they look great right now over those last couple of games. Again, especially that Colorado game. That was very very impressive. Very big win for them. And speaking of off the schneid, are the Coyotes doing, like, kind of not too bad? They had a pretty decent week where, um, yeah, they were getting some pretty big victories over some teams that they more than likely shouldn't be winning. Let's just go swing over and take a look at what, they're, uh, what they've been. I know they've been losing the last few games here. But, I mean, they lost New Jersey. Everyone loses New Jersey. And then they lost to the Rangers, who are actually, you know, they're 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 good team they just kind of started out a little quiet but they had went uh, a shutout win over the islanders they beat the buffalo sabers beat the washington capitals they were able to beat the florida panthers i mean not not too bad i'm just saying like i know they're not they're no they're not gonna make the playoffs or anything i just think that they're doing like way better than they should be considering the 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 team that they have on paper i mean isn't nick ritchie on their top line but then again it wasn't nick ritchie on our top line in the toronto and that didn't work but anyway i just have to shout out the coyotes right now like even though they're they're still a pretty rough team but considering the the hand that they're dealt over there the players on the team i have to give them some respect especially clayton keller man the fact that that kid i think he is over point a game right now on that team like who can who does he pass to who is he passing to and so very good job for clayton keller i remember when he signed that deal everyone was flipping out and they're like oh fuck that's too much but i'm it's starting to look like a banger of a deal right now i think he's making he's under eight million dollars per season he's a top line center and he's only he keeps getting better so Really good job there with Arizona. Vimelka has been playing out of his mind a few games here and there, which he's been kind of known to do to play just elite level goaltending one game and then AHL minor league level goaltending the next game. So with Vimelka, you don't really know what you're going to get. But man, when he plays good, he plays real fucking good. So just wanted to shout out the Coyotes there for uh, playing pretty good and not being a disgrace to the NHL like they were last season. And speaking of disgraces, uh, the Seattle Kraken. Now, I'm only saying disgraces because of Grubauer, but it's okay. He's not there right now, and that's why the team is doing so well. So <laughs> the Kraken, if I, I, I imagine anyone listening to this, you probably didn't even notice, but the Kraken had a five-game winning streak going on. Uh, probably the quietest, most under-the-radar five-game winning streak of all time. No one said a fucking word about the Kraken, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a little something about the Kraken. I mean, I'm not a fan of the Kraken. Mostly, I'm just not a fan of Grubauer. And to, like, I'll say it every single time I talk about the Kraken. I'm not gonna like. I can't root for the Kraken until Grubauer's out of there. I just I just can't handle him. I hate Grubauer so much. Fuck you, Grubauer. But they're doing well because. Who to thunk it? I'm trying to think of his name. What's his name? Martin Jones? Jones. Whatever. What the fuck? How is... Where... What the... What? How is he playing like this? Where was... Like... He went from being a good goaltender in San Jose to being a horrible goaltender in San Jose to being a mediocre goaltender in Philadelphia. And now he's a good goaltender again in, in, in Seattle. So... 
what the hell's going on over there? Honestly, I, I don't know. I, apparently, it's just a very balanced team. And when you look at that, I, I can see that. And that's why I put a lot of my chips into Seattle last year because I thought their team looked at least defensively strong, and then on paper, it looks like they had the goaltending, right? You had Drieger and Grubauer. Grubauer coming off of a Vesna-nominated season, and Drieger, who was playing very good for the Florida Panthers at the time. I looked at their defense. They had depth. They had size. They had a lot of fucking defensemen that looked good. Obviously, when I looked at their roster last year, I was like, okay, this team will not be scoring very many goals. They did not. They're still not scoring. Well, actually, they're doing pretty okay when it comes to goal scoring. I just don't know who the fuck over there is scoring them. I saw Connor was a geeky over there. He he was putting up points quite a bit over there, which is quite interesting. I haven't even heard a whole lot of like their, their signings. Like, it was a Bjorkstrand they signed. I haven't heard his name over there a whole lot. But Jordan Everly came out in an interview, and he just said that just... From top down, it is the most balanced team he's ever played for. And he played for the New York Islanders, who very, very balanced team. So it's starting to look like, and again, I know the Kraken have lost their last couple games. They're no longer on their five-game winning streak. That, that's done. That's done. That's over now. But they're competitive, man, and they're they're playing much better than they did last season. Last season was a disgrace. And, uh, yeah, it looks like they're on their way up. Mm, don't think they're going to be making a playoff, but... When it comes to the West right now, man, it's it's open. I mean, I mean, Vancouver isn't even technically out yet, and uh, that's just how bad the West is doing right now, or it's just really open. Uh, Nashville looks like they're trying to claw back into it, which is good, because I, I kind of like Nashville. I'm a big fan of UC Soros, and I love Tanner Janot, man. Oh, my God, that kid exploded onto my radar last year. I'm like, I love that kind of player, man. A guy that can put, like, 20, 25 goals up, fucking kick your ass, and then bash your brains in on the boards. Like, oh, just love those kind of players and uh Genoa has been fighting it a little bit over there but we're not really I'm not really talking about Nashville but yeah Kraken I just wanted to give them a little shout out because I thought they were just underrated like no one's talking about them right now and uh yeah so good for the Kraken that's really cool uh, this week they had the Hall of Fame introduction this uh, this year or whatever the fuck it was that happened this year. I thought the the class was quite interesting. So you had the Sedin twins, Hendrick and Daniel Sedin, Roberto Luongo, Daniel Alfredson, Rika Salinen, who is a f- uh, female European hockey player, and Herb Carnegie, who was uh, he's going in as a builder. I know that name, I just, I can't recall what the hell he did, so I just wanted to talk a little bit, because these are players that I got, I grew up watching, which is interesting, because a lot of players that get put into the Hall of Fame these days are rather guys that have caught the tail end of their careers on, or just people I straight up just didn't see, but uh, Hendrik Daniel, Hendrik Daniel, and uh, Roberto Daniel Alfredson, oh my god, okay, let's talk about Daniel Alfredson first, because he's the one that I, I, I was introduced to first. Uh, growing up as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan at the time and in the early 2000s. The Battle of Ontario was very fierce and uh, Ottawa tend to have the the regular season battle won, but the Leafs, shockingly, I know this is hard. This is really weird for me to say, but they actually were the better team in the playoffs. They had Ottawa. They had the Ottawa Senators' number when it came to playoffs. Sens would be like President's Trophy first in the division. They run into the Leafs, and then the Leafs would just take them out every single time. It was absolutely fucking crazy. But oh man, did I ever hate Danny Alfredson so fucking much when I grew up in my early days of being a Leaf. I hated Daniel Alfredson pretty much until he fucking retired. And then when he retired, he was well, basically once he left Ottawa. I just, uh, 
I, I respect the player. I just, I had to hate him, man. He's, the, he's like their best player in Ottawa. That's just how it goes, man. The rivalry, the rivalry when it was real. But, oh, man, I just remember especially when he had that big, curly, goofy fucking hair sticking out of his goddamn helmet. Mocking Sundin, throwing the stick in the crowd, man. Oh, I wanted to wring that guy's fucking neck. I hated him so much growing up, man. Jason Spezza and Heatley, that fucking... Oh, that line was so disgustingly dominant. And when the Leafs were bad, man, I hated when they would play the Sens because it would be an 8-1, 8-2, 7-1, just drubbing, ass-kicking. Spezza, that top line's probably got seven points. They're just fucking demolishing us. They got... Who the fuck was their goalies back then? I don't know. I know they had a Patrick Laleem at a time. The Dominic Hasek played there for a hot second. Uh, oh, what's that? Ray Emery was there. And Craig Anderson was there. Yeah, I remember that. Uh huh. Anderson versus Anderson. Of course. Of course. But... Danny Alfredson, man, what a uh, what a player, uh, longtime captain for the Ottawa Senators, and um, sadly he didn't get to finish his career in Ottawa. He got traded to Detroit, and uh, he's just a very good, consistent player, man. Even his last year in Detroit was solid, and um, yeah, I, I I'm fine with him going into the Hall of Fame. I'm just gonna say it now. I'm fine with all these players going into the Hall of Fame, even though uh, none of these players, uh, aside from maybe Rika Sal- Salainen, I don't know what her her career was like, but uh, I know that these four players here, none of them won Stanley Cups. Sedins, Roberto Luongo, and Alfredson, none of these guys won Stanley Cups. And I don't even know if Alfredson won all that much hardware uh, over his career. I know he won a gold medal with Sweden in 2006, I believe. And he may have won like a leadership award here and there, but I don't think Danny Alfredson got any individual awards statistically throughout his career. Uh, I believe it was a Hendelik. Hendelik got the Art Ross for the uh, most points in a season. The, the, okay, let's talk about the Sedins, dude. Okay, the fucking aliens over here. So, first time I got introduced to the Sedins was uh, the o- NHL 2003 hockey game. And I got really into the Canucks when I played that game for some reason. I just really liked playing as their team. I thought their jerseys were fucking awesome. And um, I remember that game. The Sedins were not very good. Uh, they were still kind of coming into their own at that time. It took them quite a while to establish themselves in the NHL. And uh, what a what a career these guys had. Like, starting from the beginning, like, Brian Burke being able to draft both of these guys to the Vancouver Canucks was, like, just such an insane move at that time. Like, holy fuck. Like, uh, almost unheard of of him being able to pull that off. You would not see that kind of shit going down. But it's like... like what what would their careers have been like if they got drafted to separate teams, right? Like, what the, what would have that been like? Like, are we looking at Hall of Fame careers right now? Or are we looking at two busts? Because I think if Daniel and Hendrick didn't play their whole careers together, I don't know if they would have achieved what they achieved because it's that chemistry that the, those two had together growing up, playing their whole lives together, basically mind-reading each other, dude. I remember, especially during their heydays when they were in their prime with the Canucks, like, I don't know, like 2010, 2011 area, something like that, when they were putting up like 100 points. Dude, jaw-dropping sometimes. The passes that these guys would make, like, they would be like four passes of he- ahead of the team they're playing against, and the goalie is not even looking anywhere near the right direction, and then a Hendelik or a Daniel, they, they pop up at the corner of the net, and boom, it's in their net, and no one even knows what happened. They're sitting over there celebrating very calmly, very Swedish, very polite and calm, and... Um, Goddamn, dude. The Sedins, man. They were some of the most outrageously 
just entertaining guys to watch in their heyday when they were just dummying, man. It was insane. I, I really enjoyed watching the Canucks uh, play during those days. I, I was all in on them when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals that year against Boston. I was all fucking in on the Canucks, dude. I was, oh, I'll never forget Ryan Kessler single-handedly taking down the Nashville Predators in the second round, man. I became a massive Kessler fan after that. I was like, I've never seen a dude just put a team on his back like that in the playoffs and just demolish a team like, wow, uh, Ryan Kessler, Nashville Predators series. If you haven't checked it out, don't go back and watch the whole series, but more than likely something on YouTube you can look up, like a, just a, a montage of Ryan Kessler fucking up the Predators back. Oh, man, it was some good shit. And then, yes, of course, um, let's, let's throw in a little Roberto Luongo before we talk about the final that... That was the 2011 final, but Roberto Luongo, man, oh man, I loved this guy. I loved playing as him in the N- like NHL 03. Man, <laughs> goes all the way back to that. I loved playing goalie in NHL 03, and Roberto Luongo was just one of the goalies that I used a lot. He was a, a very highly rated goalie at the time. It just sucks that he spent so many of his early years in Florida, man, like a team that just was no good, going nowhere fast. And the best player that they had was Roberto Luongo. He was just just kind of going to waste over there in Florida, just nothing really going on with the Panthers back then. And then he finally comes over to the Vancouver Canucks, who at that time, that was like the missing piece that they felt that they needed to go, was they needed a goddamn goaltender. I mean, they had Dan Cloutier. I liked Dan Cloutier. I thought his, his mask was interesting. He had one of those weird masks that was different, you know, but, um, yeah, he wasn't exactly the best goaltender. Didn't put on the best performances in the playoffs. So they finally bring in Van, uh, fucking Roberto Luongo, and then off he went. So I know with Vancouver fans, Roberto Luongo was in, was a little bit up and down. He had his great moments. He had his low moments. He was the captain of the Canucks for that one year. Does anybody remember that? That was so fucking weird, man. Then They couldn't even put the C on his jersey. They weren't allowed to because goalies couldn't be captains. So they put the C on his helmet on the uh, on his chin on like the chin part of his helmet i remember this and man that was such a bad year for luongo dude that was such a bad decision to put the put the c on on a goaltender that just that's just not a good idea man like goalies don't need to be thinking about like chirping refs going to deal with this and that they just need to focus on stopping the pucks so yeah they had ryan kessler i believe on spit and chicklets a week or two ago he talked a little bit about that where uh, they brought everybody into the room who was, you know, potentially captain worthy, Ryan Kessler, the Sedins, Bieksa, and then I don't, I think it was Brian Burke, I don't know who the fuck it was, but they were just like, it's Luongo's our best player, he's the captain, and I'm like, oh boy, but yeah, Roberto Luongo, the last goaltending captain we'll probably ever see, because that was an absolute disaster, but... Oh, the 2011 Stanley Cup final, man. Oh, they were so fucking close. And then they absolutely just fell apart in game seven, man. And um, yeah, it was really fucking ugly. I remember watching that game at my buddy's house. We're all there watching it and we were all just fucking devastated. And then double double devastated after we had to watch the riot go down. We watched that shit and I was like, oh my God, man. I was just like so ashamed to be a Canadian that day. I was just so, so ashamed, so upset. And like I said, I've said this before, I I still hold that against the Canucks, or not the Canucks, just the city of Vancouver and their fans, man, like, they're, they're a very rambunctious bunch, and I know they have a lot to be angry about, I understand that completely, but to trash your own city that you guys live in, dumb, 
just dumb. But honestly, man, I was a big fan of the Canucks until that happened, obviously. Uh, really just soured me on the whole organization. They kind of fell apart a little bit after that. And then, yeah, Kessler goes and Bieksa goes and Burroughs goes. Fucking Burroughs. Oh, my God. What a psychopath he was. But... Yeah, man, I really, really enjoyed watching the Canucks during their heyday when they were really good. Stanley Cup contenders, two-time back-to-back President's Trophy winning teams. They were a lot of fun to watch, man. And Roberto Luongo, good career, really good career. I don't... He had to have won a Vesna at some point throughout that career, you would have to think. But tons of wins, man. He's an underratedly funny guy. Weird guy, really weird guy. Just a weird dude, but... Yeah, congratulations to all those uh, great players and, and, and female players and, and builders or whatever going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, can we get Alexander McGillney in there, please? For fuck's sakes, I know there's a war going on right now with, with Ukraine and Russia, but, but McGillney, okay? Can we please, please, please just get it done? Okay, speaking of can we just get it done, please? The World Cup of Hockey has moved to 2025 because of the ongoing war between Ukraine and Russia. Now, they didn't flat out say that was the reason, but it's pretty fucking obvious. Um, Disappointing. Very, very, very disappointing. I think they should just continue on with the tournament. No Russians. That's not the NHL's problem. That's not your problem. I know it, it would be devastating to not have guys like Malkin, guys like Ovi in there playing, guys like Kaprizov not our not their problem not your problem you the nhl didn't start this war but they cannot have they cannot have russian players in that tournament and i don't think that it's fair for everybody else to have to suffer because russia decided to be fucking assholes and tried to take over the world again and i don't think that's fair for everyone else to have to suffer and not play and chances are like if they're pushing it if the war is still going on like we don't know how long this war is going to go on for it could even escalate into a world war we don't know so what you're just going to keep canceling it as long if there's a war going on you're just going to keep canceling it because you don't want to have a certain team uh, team being represented too bad i think in my opinion i think that's dumb now and and that would just send a great message to everybody like your country's being a dick well then you don't get to participate in fun activities it's the same thing as a child like if they're at a birthday party and they fucking stick their hand in the birthday cake well okay well you're going in your room and you don't get to have any fun and then they're gonna cry about it and you go all right then and you walk away simple same thing would happen with this the russians would bitch and you'd be like stop being assholes and they'd be like no and then that's it so okay fine you don't get a play see you later have fun dealing with a pissed off Ovechkin. Ovechkin will probably go to fucking Russia that day in a private jet, walk into Putin's office and just fucking DDT him through a table and be like, we are playing. That was a terrible Russian accent. I apologize. But regardless, like, damn, dude, I am not impressed, man. When's the last time we even had best on best? Like, they haven't been to the play. They haven't been to the Olympics since 2014. They haven't had a World Cup of Hockey since I think it was 2016. It keeps getting pushed back. So what the fuck, man? Like, can we just get some sort of best on best tournament and just not have Russia? Like, why is the, why why are you canceling everybody? You're yucking everyone's yum because the Russians. Like, what the hell, man? Like, you don't stop the tournament because the Russians can't be involved. Like, they shouldn't be allowed to be in it ever again after this. Like, aren't they already banned from the Olympics? They're banned from everything. Like. Have you not seen the documentary Icarus? Like, Jesus Christ, man. 
honestly, I haven't even seen it. It's been on my watch list for like four years, but I, I, I know what it's about, and I re- I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it. Don't you worry. But, um, yeah, dude, World Cup of Hockey getting uh, pushed back yet another year. Supposed to take place in 2024, and now they're going to push it back. Not cool. Not cool, in my opinion. That's just um, it's very disappointing. And speaking of disappointing, uh, Trevor Zegris. Okay? Should I say more? No, I'll say more. So... Trevor Zegers, if you didn't see it, he scored yet another Michigan goal. Probably the nicest one he's scored so far. Absolutely dirt fucking goal. Absolutely dirt. And it gets called back because they were offside by one millimeter or some bullshit. So there you go. The NHL doing its thing again. Let's just make this game unlikable in every way imaginable. Let's like what the like it's so blatantly obvious why this sport has not grown at all and again it's just it's starting to become i think in my opinion a little bit of the laughing stock in in terms of the big sports teams like we should not be in that tier bro we are not in there with the mlb we ain't in there with the nba we ain't in there with the nfl we're down here with like whatever's down here like i think cricket is probably more popular than hockey i mean cricket is huge over there it's huge soccer huge over there like nhl what are you talking about bro like i no one talks about it like the only i'm canadian and i like i work with a whole bunch of dudes and i barely talk no one talks hockey all that much over there like it's just kind of a hard sport to enjoy like i'm i'm kind of lucky that i'm grandfathered in so i'm i'm it's a curse now like i've been watching it for over 20 years so i can't really just stop watching it now but if i was i would have a difficult time getting anyone new that hasn't watched hockey before into this right now because like there would be at least seven or eight times during the game that I would have to sit there and explain to them this stupid bullshit that's going on right now, and they'd be like, why, why? And I, I wouldn't have an answer for them, because I don't fucking know why. Um, they brought in this ridiculous offside review calls because Matt Duchesne was 87 feet offside, and they allowed that goal. Well, is that Matt Duchesne's fault? No, it's the fucking linesman's fault and the referee's fault. But again, the NHL will never do anything about the referees. They're never going to discipline them, and um, they're obviously the favorite child in the relationship, and they cannot do no wrong. It's not. It's not fair, and it's dumb. And I just do not like offside reviews. And yeah, they've been going on about it all week. Fucking every every podcast talked about it. Like, oh, offside's offside. Oh no, I think they should get rid of offside. I think I don't remember who's the one that said it, it was probably Chris Johnson because he's like the smartest guy and he's always like right in the middle. And I think uh, I think they should implement uh, regular season. Can we just be a little bit? fucking little like lenient on the offside calls like if it's very very close like who gives a fuck like seriously who gives a fuck like i don't give a fuck if the leafs if there was an offside that that they blew and it was like super close and leafs lost the game then they didn't make the playoffs i'd be like oh well that's how that goes i've already watched leafs miss the playoffs twice by one point so it wouldn't fucking surprise me anyway now now they need to maintain what they're doing in playoff games though i think like if you're you got to get it right in the playoffs because the playoffs are very very important not saying that regular season isn't important but 
it's there's like fucking 87,000 games to be played and it's a long fucking season. It's 82 games and some games start at fucking 10:30 at night and if you're going to sit there and you're going to have fucking two offside reviews and then it's going to go to overtime, it's going to go to a shootout. You're going to have games ending at like 2 in the fucking morning. No one's going to watch that bullshit, especially when it's between like San Jose versus Anaheim. Who wants to watch that? No, not even fucking the San Jose Sharks want to be there playing that game because they're like no one no one wants to see this. We don't even want to play this game. It's going to be so bad. But seriously, man, I'm just tired of the game. Like, it, it's gotten so bad. Like, you can't enjoy anything. I've said this before. Like, you can't enjoy any goals anymore. You can't enjoy anything. Now everything's just like, oh, oh, are we good? Is that a goal? Is that fine? Or are you just gonna you're gonna call back, call it back because oh, he went offside 48 seconds ago. And that's the other big thing about the goal that Zegras scored. Like the, the team was hemmed in. And then they got scored on. Like, the offside had absolutely nothing to do with it. I'm so confused, man. It's so dumb. I'm so just furiously outraged with the refing and the rules of this of this hockey game. It's ridiculous, man. Like, it should be the fastest game, the fastest paced game in the world. And it literally takes, like, it, there's so much downtime of bullshit. Offsides, icings fucking net coming off high sticking fucking uh, puck hit the net like there's so many stoppages that are so unnecessary in the nhl like there's no there's no reason that a peer a 20 minute period has to take almost an hour to get through like it should you should fly through a period of hockey like they fly through a quarter in the nba 12 minutes flies by and it's all action just scoring 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 that's why the nba rules they also have fucking great things like luxury tax they have all that great shit. Another thing that the NHL should look into, but they never will because Gary Bettman is a psychopath asshole and no one likes you, Gary. <sighs> okay, so that's another rant down, I guess. But what do you guys think? Like, are you down with the offside reviews? Like, how can you be, man? Like, I understand, but I think it comes with the territory of the game. The game's insanely fast. It's being ref by human beings. Human error is going to be in the game until the technology is here, until we can get rid of the stupid refs, put a chip in the puck, and then the, then you can have the eyes in the sky and you can have fucking sensors doing it. Like, look at tennis, man. Like, tennis, you can have a ball that's one millimeter out, out and they will get that. They will know that answer within seconds because they have the technology. So... NHL, maybe you should look into some of that fucking technology that tennis has with all that, all those fucking millions of dollars you just got from the from the Kraken coming into the league from from your new fucking TV deals and goddamn fuck Sportsnet so hard right now, dude. Like, how many blackouts have I had already? I'm paying like fucking three hundred dollars a year for your Sportsnet bullshit, and you're blacking out thirty five percent of my hockey games. You fucking dickless sons of bitches! And then they have the audacity to make me pay more to not black out the games. Like, what the? F no wonder this stupid game will never grow. Like, hockey is is a niche sport. It's not a popular sport, man. It's it's for a very small group of people, mostly white people, because. We don't, the, the NHL doesn't like to have anybody else in, in their little club. It's bullshit, man. I fucking, I'm starting to just get uh, upset. And I don't like the direction that hockey is going. There's going to be a lockout in a couple of years. And like, god damn, dude, it's, it's ridiculous. They got a lockout like every five, five to ten years. There's going to be a lockout. Gary Bettman's been here for, what, four lockouts. It's dog shit. He's just going to siphon even more money out of the players to give it to the owners. And 
It's very not good, man. But what do you guys think? Do you think that the NHL is faltering, taking steps back? I think they're going backwards, back to the future. This is bullshit. <laughs> like, they, they're so out of it, man. Like, there's so many old fogies running that league that just they are so fucking far gone, out of touch, have no idea how to grow this game. And it's just going to stay stagnant, man. It's just going to sit there and just kind of exist. And everyone's just going to be like, I'd rather watch this. Uh, I'd rather watch that. Ah, uh, there's this. The only thing that you can really, like, the only thing that I could sell a new person on is I would make them watch a playoff game against, a, in, a, in a series that would be really good, like Florida versus Tampa or something. I'd be like, yo, watch this. Or Pittsburgh versus Philly. That is, those were always one of my favorites in the playoffs. I, mean, I love when those team, two teams meet. Toronto versus Ottawa, if that ever happens again. Like, shit like that but when it comes to the regular season i think they take it like way too fucking seriously and if the puck is freaking half an inch offside who gives a shit and like if you missed it you missed it it's human error okay like the review thing i think it's gotta go especially it's offside man is it really that big of a fucking deal what's why is it that big of a deal if a guy goes in a little bit ahead like is it that big of a deal defend him like god damn so ridiculous Okay, anyway, let's move on to um, something a little bit... Let's Okay, we got we got some more good news here. So, P.K. Subban has signed with ESPN for a whole fuckload of money. So, can't wait to see P.K. Subban uh, on TV. That should be a lot of fun. Going to be a natural fit for P.K. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, they uh, were chanting uh, something to Lindy Ruff this week. They were chanting, Sorry, Lindy. Want to know why? Because at the beginning of the season, they were chanting for his job. They were literally chanting, fire Lindy, the whole crowd. And Lindy Ruff is just sitting there on the bench looking around. He's like, are they fucking fucking saying that to me? Like, he hasn't even done anything yet. And then, boom, New Jersey comes flying out of the gates. Ten-game winning streak. And then you get the sorry Lindy chance. So... I'm gonna have to give you give you guys a little nod of the cap there, New Jersey fans. Good for you. Good 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 on you for making fun of yourselves. That's really funny. And good for just I'm I'm happy that the Jer- the New Jersey Devil fans are over there having some fun. And um yeah, I, I didn't expect them to do this fucking good so far, but it looks like um looks like they might be pretty fucking legit, the New Jersey Devils. God damn. Speaking of legit, this that's not really a segue into this, but Minnesota goaltending prospect uh, Jesper Wallstead, I think his name is. I can't believe I didn't even write down his name, but he scored a goal in the AHL this week, so very cool. I, I love me a good old-fashioned goaltender goal. He scored it in an empty net, so there's that. Uh, Wallstead is to be the next big uh, goaltender for the Minnesota Wild. And um, yeah, he's got a goal to his name. So that's really cool. All right. So that's all the bullshit. Let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs and how they did in their games this week. So they had three games, two against Pittsburgh, one against Vancouver. Let's start with the first one, Toronto versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins this game four to two. But um, the, the best thing that came out of this, this uh, the unreal moment for Borja Salming, just, um, oh man, what an emotional just moment that was this weekend, this week with uh, Borja Salming, man, like uh, an amazing uh, ovation for him on Legends Night. Daryl Sittler was beside him and he was in tears, man. Like, I think he's probably still crying right now. Like, it was just, he was so emotional for, for his teammate and... Um, what an incredible moment for him, man. Like, I was emotional. I was, like, 
and I didn't even watch this guy play, but you could feel it, man. Like you can feel it in that building, the respect, the ad- admiration for this player, the importance of what he did for European hockey players. Like for years, for, for decades, European players were called snowflakes. They were soft. They couldn't play the tough, hard American game. And then Borja Salman came over and shut everybody the fuck up because that dude is one of the toughest motherfuckers to ever walk especially into the Toronto Maple Leafs locker room, but one of the toughest guys of that era. And, man, what an absolute beast. And and the respect for Borja Salming was uh, very nice to see. Sadly, the Leafs couldn't get get a big victory for him this night, but don't worry, they'll make it up for him a little bit later. Uh, Honestly, I think maybe the big emotional celebration at the beginning may have taken them out of the game a little bit. Not blaming Borea at all or anything, but it was a long ceremony and it was very emotional. So I can see that kind of, kind of taking a little bit of the energy out of everybody because, it, uh, if you don't know that Borea Salming was diagnosed with ALS, I believe it was this summer. It is a absolutely horrible disease. It will, it'll basically take everything from you. It's, it's, it's taken his ability to talk. It's going to take his ability to walk, to move, to, to, to breathe and, um, yeah, it's going to be a hard road for Borja over the next however long he's got. But uh, I'm so happy that I was able to watch this moment and feel the love and admiration for this player. I did my I did my due diligence and I watched some Borja Salming stuff. And wow, like what a, what a mutant that guy was. Like absolutely ridiculous. Um, uh, but the Leafs didn't play that bad, I thought, in this game. They didn't play good though they're still making those costly turnovers that just always end up in their fucking net man every time there's a turnover in the neutral zone a puck that doesn't get out of their end or a giveaway in the offensive zone nine out of ten times it ends up in the back of the net and they may only make like two or three of those mistakes but when they make them man they fucking make sure it ends up in the back of their net which is just a shame uh, Aston Reese, former Pittsburgh Penguin, uh, he scores against his old squad, so that was fun. I believe that was his first goal as a Toronto Maple Leaf, so that's cool. Uh, I had to shout out Jason Zucker, man. Holy fuck, what a game he was having out there that game. I think he, sh- he should have had like a hat trick. He had so many golden opportunities in that game, man. He was all over it in that game. It was ridiculous. Uh, but they did. They didn't get the win, man. Shalgren was okay. I just like he did. He, you know, there's a couple goals that he maybe should have had but I thought the team in front of them just weren't helping him out enough didn't give him a lot I think they had a perfectly just clean cross crease no chance goal on him so can't can't I'm not gonna put it on Shalgren at all like he's been put in a really really tough situation right now so I think he's doing well and man I just gotta say about Sandine dude like what the fuck are you doing man you're blowing it he has not stepped up at all this season man he was bitching about not getting the ice time he was holding out on us for, for more money. Injuries happen. He finally thinks, okay, I can get my opportunity in the lineup. He comes in, he signs with us, and he's just not been playing very well, man. Like, he, his mouth has not been um, up there with uh, with his play. He says he could, he could do this, he wants more time. Well, here it is, and he just has not been playing very good. And he made some more mistakes throughout the week. We'll talk about him, but... Yeah, dude, I've I've been I we need to get Sandine going, dude. Like I think Lilligren now has passed him, and and just like I'm more comfortable with Lilligren right now. He seems to have just 
really kind of developed into a solid little defenseman right here. And Sandine, yeah, he's got more upside. He's got that offensive potential, but he's got to start putting it together defensively, man, because he's throwing pizzas up there. He's throwing muffins, just kind of dumb plays out there and inconsistent. Like, ugh, lot, lots to work on there, Sandine. Their next game was against Vancouver. The Toronto Maple Leafs won this one, 3-2. to two. Uh, yet another emotional moment for Borea Salming. This one hit me even more, dude. Like I, I, I didn't cry, but I was. If I knew more about Borea Salming, man, like for sure, like I would have been bawling. I imagine anyone who watched this guy play uh, during their time, they they are more than likely shedding a tear or two for him because it's just so tragic, man. The the disease that he has. Like I, I did my research and I looked up like more about ALS, and yeah, it's not good, dude. It's not good. And I'm literally getting chills right now, just kind of thinking about that moment when when Borea just kind of broke down crying. Oh God, man, that might be one of just the most, just one of the best, just moments in 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 hockey. Like what an what an amazing moment, dude. So fucking emotional, man. Like oh my God, dude, my heart was was just fucking all in on him man i felt like and daryl sittler up in the box crying like oh god it was so bad it was so sad man it's so sad but good you know very good just very very sad and then the game starts out very sad luke shen gets a point early against the leafs because of course um like i said earlier still wouldn't hate to see luke shen on this team i think it'd be good but he didn't score the goal but he got a point and the the vancouver canucks are up to nothing early and, uh, yeah, the Leafs kind of came out flat in that first period, kind of uh, expected again after that big emotional ceremony. This one uh, on Saturday was even bigger, even more emotional, in my opinion. There were both incredible moments, but this one, man, oh, God, it was so, it was so emotional. Um, but the Leafs come fucking flying out in the second period, dude. They explode in the second fucking Austin Matthews, Boppy, he was buzzing out there, and then... Jordy Ben gets his first goal as a Toronto Maple Leaf and his first goal in what must have been a hundred years. Oh, dude, the celebration was immense. It was massive. I was fucking giggling like, oh man, Austin Matthews. He he was celebrating like they just won the Stanley Cup together. Like, oh man, what a celebration for uh, Jordy Ben, and what a fucking game he had, man. Holy fuck. He, he looks, he's starting to. He's kind of been my Muzzin replacement. He's got the big beard and um. Yeah, man, it was it was a good game for him. Uh, the Canucks' defense throughout this game at times were absolutely shocking. Oh my God, they were bad. Like the Leafs were hemming them in so bad at points. Like it was, oh, it was a little hard to watch at times. It was it was fun for me as Leaf fan, but oh, I just, if if I was a Canucks fan, I'd be like, I I don't know if I could watch this. Um, Bo Horvat had a really good game though, and uh, he's having a really good season. Honestly, I think he's still second in goals right now. Outrageous. And Spencer Martin, I thought, had some out absolutely outrageous saves throughout the game. Uh, I wouldn't say it was his fault. I think he played well. There may even be a goaltending controversy going on over there in Vancouver right now because Spencer Martin's flat out the better goaltender over Thatcher Demko right now. So I'd be playing Martin a little bit more if I were the Canucks if they want to win. If they wanted to win, I'd play him. But yeah, I thought it was a good game for Shalgren. The second goal against wasn't his best, but after that, man, he shut it the fuck down. Uh, he came up big when we needed him. Made some pretty big saves. Gets a huge W. I thought he's uh, he's been playing really good, man. For for the 
position that he's been put in, third string goaltender early on in the season. He's been playing some big hard teams, man. Like he was in there for those the I think he was there for the Vegas game. He's there for the Carolina game and like, oh, good shit, man. Good shit. It was a pretty good game. I liked it. Uh, and then they played uh, Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, very, very nice game. They won this one 5-2. to two. This was the return for Matt Murray. Not only is he back with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he's also going up against his former team for, I think they said it was the first time. So, wow, that's pretty crazy. Uh, the Leafs were off to a great start. They were up 2-0 really early. I felt that Tavares and Marner were absolutely buzzing out there tonight. They split up Matthews and Marner in this game. So Marner back down with Tavares. You got William Nylander up with Austin Matthews. I think it was working with uh, Marner Tavares. We've we've seen them click before. Obviously, uh, Tavares had a 47-goal year when he played with uh, Marner on his wing. So I think we know that that works. Uh and then after that, man, it got a little scary. I thought maybe we're going to blow this one. Sandine whiffs on a pass. Like, what the fuck was that, Sandine? I was, oh. And then, of course, he gives it away to Crosby. Crosby makes him pay. Dirty backhand goal. And fuck, man. Then they get, I think they made it. I think it was, what, 2-2 two, two at that time? And then Jamie Benz, or uh, Jordy Benz, sorry, saves a goal with his stick, like, fucking really closely after that. I think it was the Pens that scored, like, two goals in, like, a minute 30, something like that. It's weird that this game just happened tonight, and I can't really remember it. <laughs> but anyway, um, another missed call in this game by the referees on Malgan for high-sticking Latang. Like, what the hell was that, dude? How'd they get that wrong? They even, like, gathered around to talk about it, and it was clear as day on the replay that Malgan hit the puck with his stick, and the puck went and hit Latang, and that's what happened. There was no high stick, and then they still called the high, high stick, so... I don't know. Sheldon Keefe was fucking losing it, and uh, rightfully so. I think that was absolute bullshit. Referees, man, they just... I, I know I just said that there's going to be human error, but that one was like, come on, dude. Like, you guys, you had, all four of you were like, oh, yeah, no, that was a high stick. That was a high stick. That was a high stick. Oh, yeah, I agree. That's a high stick. Fucking dummies. And then another, it was a huge victory for Matt Murray. I thought he played quite well. I missed, like, parts of the game, like a, a couple minutes here in the second and the last, like, five minutes of the game. I had to go do some shit. So, yeah, it was a really big win for Matt Murray. He looked good in there. Uh, he was kind of a little shaky at the beginning, but it looked like he, he got his confidence in there and uh, made some pretty big saves and a huge win for him. So that was the Toronto Maple Leafs week uh, two and one. Or But, yeah, yeah. Yes, two, two and one. Not bad. Um, you know, still those problems in there with their game, especially the mistakes. When they make the mistakes, there's, there's. Why does it always have to end up in the back of the net? Why can't some? Why can't I ever get bailed out of a mistake? Like what the fuck? I swear, man. Every time there's just a mistake, you're like, oh, here it goes in the net, and then boom, it's in the net. It's kind of like the Leafs want it to go in their net. They're like, oh, made a mistake. It's going in their net, and then they just kind of they. If they believe that's going to happen, then it's just going to happen. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's something between the ears on that one. I don't really know. Because the, sometimes the mistakes that they make are just so brain dead. Like, there's just no reasoning. Like, I can think of, like, especially last year when in the playoffs with the fucking puck over glass penalties. I mean, oh my god, dude. Like, you had all the time and space and you still hummed it over the fucking goddamn unbelievable. Mitch Marner had one of those again this week. And Jesus, man, like... 
God, I cannot stay. That might be one of the most, the two penalties that infuriate me the most are the ones that I think the Toronto Maple Leafs take the most in the league. And that is bench miners and goddamn puck over glass calls. I fucking cannot stand those. They are unavoidable. They're, they're avoidable. Sorry. They're very avoidable. In fact, and I swear the Leafs have to take the most bench miners. Seems like they're doing a pretty good job this year. I don't know if they've taken even one so far. And if they did, it was in like the, I, I, I'm fine with it. If they take it within the first week or two of the NHL season starting because everyone's a little fucked up, but no excuses, no excuses after, after that, man, I, I better not see a bench miner anymore. And much Marner, you better keep those fucking puck over glass fucking penalties under check because mm, can't handle that, man. Especially you're like one of our better penalty killers. So you can't have that shit. Uh, other than that, man, I think they did pretty all right. Jordy Penn looks like he could be something all right for us right here. I, I really like the way he's been playing. Uh, he's playing up with Morgan Riley right now on the top pair, so that's interesting. He's a way more stay-at-home defenseman, so that's good. Maybe Morgan Riley can get up. Maybe get his first goal of the season. That would be great. It's not that Morgan Riley's he, Morgan Riley's been playing. Hmm, how, what do I think about Morgan? I mean, offensively, he's getting it done. I think he's got 13 assists in like 15 or 16 games, so he's getting it done offensively. Defensively, though, I mean, he's still, he, I still want more out of him on, on that. That's kind of what makes me feel like he's not actually, he's he's like a really, really good top four defenseman, but top two, I, I just can't put him in there, man. And don't get, I love Morgan Riley. Don't, don't even test me. Don't even test me. Love Morgan Riley. And um, I just think he's, um, you know, it'd be really, uh, some games, sure, he can be that guy, but, like, I don't know, he's not that, like, 28, 29 minute, every major situation he's out there. He makes his mistakes, man, and defensively, he's that's not his strongest suit. Like, he's not bad, that's for sure, but he could definitely be better. He makes his mistakes, but um, love Morgan Riley, man. Absolutely love him. I just want him to score his first goal. I just want to really celebrate. And I would really like to be able to wear my Morgan Riley jersey more, but it's really been on a bad streak this year. Like, honestly, it's my Johnny T reverse retro that I've been wearing more this season because that one's just been my luckier jersey. And I'm not going to lie, I haven't even put on a Mitchell Marner or a Matthews jersey this year. I know. I'm just too scared, uh, mostly because they're white jerseys and I don't like wearing white jerseys. And, um, yeah, so I usually just go with my my uh, Johnny T or my Morgan Riley because they're blue, and uh, I do have a <laughs> I have a Joe Thornton uh, camo practice jersey. I thought it was just such a cool jersey. I had to buy it. It was like fifty bucks. Such a tight jersey, and I was like, ah, and then it's it's, just, it's a great conversation starter. It's like a Joe Thornton leaf jersey. Didn't he only play there for like a year? And it's like, yeah, what a year it was. God damn, that was fun. Oh, I miss Jumbo Joe. Even though he, he wasn't very good for us, but it was fun when he, when he was here. Him and Jason Spezza, those were the days, man. That was like, what, a year and a half ago, two years ago? Anyway. Uh, I think that is all I got to say about uh, hockey this week. Uh, just one more thing: the Toronto Maple Leafs upcoming games. You got we got the fucking Jersey Devils on Thursday. That's gonna be insane, y'all. Maybe we can break their freaking ten-game winning streak. That would be a huge boost for the Leafs. So. Uh, that's a big opponent. So hopefully they're gonna be doing their thing where they play up to their opponents. So let's get the get the best Leafs on Thursday. That would be great. They're playing Buffalo this Saturday and the Islanders on Monday. So pretty pretty good next three games. I mean, Jersey is going to be a hell of a game, I would say. Buffalo on Saturday Saturday is going to be interesting because they're they're kind of falling off of uh of their cliff lately. And the Islanders seem to be back, so 
pretty interesting uh, round of opponents here. You got the hottest team in the league, team that's struggling, and a team that's trying to rebound. So we'll see how the Leafs do uh, this coming week. What do you guys think? Do you think they're going to go 3-0, 3-0, or 2-0-1? Are they going to lose all three now? I think they're going to play their hearts out on Thursday. If they get that win, then they might not be there for Saturday and then come back with a win against the Islanders on Monday. That's how I think it's going to go down. I feel like last year they had a really rough time with Buffalo, and um, yeah, so there's that. But anyway, that is the show for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope your week is going well so far. Fuck the snow. If you have snow out there, go outside and, and tell it to go fuck itself because that's snow sucks. I hate the snow. And uh, it's dangerous, and it, and it makes people get in accidents and stuff. And I have to go out and shovel it, and I have to wipe it off in my car. And, like, who the fuck likes snow? What has snow done good for us? I mean, fuck. It doesn't even... It, it's not ice. That it's. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the, to the snow talk right now. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you go down into the description box down below. Go check out my YouTube channel, GamerGX Videos. Uh, I'm playing through Uncharted 3 over there right now and Disco Elysium recently finished off Resident Evil Let's Play, so tons of content over there for you and... Uh, uh, daily uploads a video every single day usually up I upload them at six in the morning so you have something for your day it'll be there waiting for you when you wake up going to work or whenever you whatever you got going on in your life and um uh what else uh, twitter if you want to do twitter i know it's terrible but i'm not good at social media stuff i don't have anything i don't do facebook i don't really i didn't do twitter until my buddy said he's like well if you want to try and spread the word of your podcast you should probably try and get on twitter so i did and uh here i am so yeah if you want to follow me on twitter and and uh you know, hang out, talk about video games, hockey, wrestling, any of that good shit, what's going on, you know, I'd be down to have you all over there. That'd be great. And uh, if you have any feedback for me and uh, the the podcast, I would really, really love to hear from someone because I don't know, I have to, I just kind of have to ask my friends that listen to, to get any sort of criticism or, or if the show's good, I'm just kind of winging it here. So if there's anything you guys want me to do more of or less of, or want to try out anything like that, suggestions, uh, any of that shit would be great. You can email me, you can hit me up on YouTube comment. You can, um, hit me up on Twitter. I'll reply to y'all. I have, I have everything, uh, with notifications. So if anyone talks to me, I'll know about it and all that good stuff. So thank you everybody for watching. If you made it all the way through, you're a special person. Make sure you're liking, reviewing, or whatever the podcast, follow it and all that great stuff. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your aunts, best friends, boyfriends, shit like that. You know, tell everybody, tell people that you hate too. all that good stuff. All right. I'm out of here. I'm going to bed. Fuck 4 30 in the morning. God damn.